You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. Welcome to episode 198 of PHP Ugly. This show is sponsored by Signs. Signs, signs, and wear signs. Blocking up scenery, breaking my mind. Do this, don't do that. Can't you read the sign? I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson. And with me are my fellow developers in life, John Congdon and Thomas Rideout. I'm so confused. Hello. You've been confusing me all night. Already. Why are we doing low energy podcasting today? Because you guys say I scream in the mic, so I've been trying to chill. You know, I've been trying to I like chill. It. I like it. It's a change of pace. Like, tonight like on tonight on speaking with podcasters, we've got our <laughs> You're listening so to PHP Ugly after dark. I don't know how to make you bozos happy, man. You should know by <laughs> oh, now stop, that you can't. Stop trying. You guys just bust my Every last. Oh, how's everybody doing? Oh man, I'm tired. I'm sore. Look, are you are you guys able to see OBS? Look, yes. yes. I, I put all this cool stuff on OBS, and I can't even use it now because you guys are are little girls complaining. Watch, let me get the music going. Watch, get the music going. Look, look, check it out. Yeah, but yeah. you saying you saying he can't hear you. You're so Gishu's quiet. Saying, you're so quiet, I can't uh, hear you. Everyone's saying that. You should you know. You, you should know better than try. Apparently, the music is blasting eardrums. Well, now it's not. No. Now it actually is decent. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's still not good music, but you guys make zero sense to me. I I, I don't know what to do with you. Well, we're a talking podcast. I don't understand the music in the background. <laughs> it's, it's a pleasantry. It's a pleasant uh, again. Well, it's yeah, supposed it's to be. Like, it's supposed to be a bed, and it's supposed to be very low. It's, it's like going that extra mile. Yes, everything you can't hear me. Uh, let me. I, I'm gonna try to do this for you guys, but I'm just saying, if I if I make changes here, and then I'm blowing out. You could see within OBS, your volumes are low. Like as you talk, you don't get anywhere near up to the yellow and red like Thomas and I do. <clears throat> All right, that's valid. I'll give you that. Let me see if I can fix that here. Is that even better? That looks like that's ah. better. <clears throat> that's way better. All right. Yeah, I'll assume yeah. that's better. There you go. I, I, there you I go. Did turn, I did turn Skype down, too, because I thought Skype was too high. Let me turn Skype up again. Well, then you're probably going to have to turn OBS back down. <laughs> I'm not sure that's how that works. <laughs> Why are we it's doing this? It's so funny. All right. That's, we're going with that. I assume everybody let me know. recording? Way Gishu, better. Way Thank better. You, awesome. So I am so sore right now because I took the kids bike riding the other day and I was flying past my, my four-year-old or about to be four-year-old next week. And he decides he's just going to turn right and clip my back tire. Sent me. He right took off you the, out? Took me out. I, I'm flying past him and I see him starting to swerve over, but I'm in front of him. He should see me. But he kept coming over and I get closer and closer to the curb. And I'm like, no. And in hindsight, I'm like, why didn't I just like pop the wheel up and land on the curb? But no, <laughs> the, the tire hits the side of the curb. 
I fall off, bust my elbow, my knee, land on my keys on my hip. So I had this knot in the side of my leg where it was so painful to walk. And somehow, because he fell off his bike too, I jumped right up and went back to him. And yeah. he he had no scratches on him. He was fine. <laughs> Bastard. Yeah, kids yes. that age, they're like uh, they're like drunk drivers. They'll cause an accident, but they won't get injured in it. <laughs> I, I was happy that he didn't get that hurt, obviously. But that, you know, it's been a couple of days now. There's no denying so. that, that children are cute, but boy, are they dumb. <laughs> it just... It's something that, as, as a parent, you have to accept. Well, I accept yeah. the fact that a lot of parents are dumb too. So, uh, oh yeah, no yeah. doubt. Question that is tr- that is true. All right, hey, sorry, Thomas, sorry for derailing, Thomas. What what's Thomas, wrong with Node? I've just been Which dealing with it all day. We're in the process of converting over to Webpack, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm taking my my gulp file and going piece by piece through it and properly webpacking things where they should be. And, Copying and et cetera, et cetera. It's seventeen hundred lines. Your your gold file seventeen hundred lines. Yeah. What in the what? world are you doing in there? We have a couple dozen sites, and we have JavaScript and CSS all over the place, and and it's wow. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> Might be time so, to refactor some of that. Well, yeah. So that's that's the next step. Is I've got everything moved over to Webpack so that it at least works. Um, but you know, naturally, that required like getting the latest of everything installed because the Laravel upgrades when you follow that process doesn't upgrade stuff like Webpack on its own. You have to sort of manually do some of these base components. And uh, speaking of which, we're on seven nineteen today. Uh, so. Got the whole not thing me. done. Not me. I'm on like five one, so it's all right. Laravel, Laravel seven nineteen for yeah. Anybody tuning in and might not know what we're talking about. So, I, I get the whole thing done, and I have to switch over to another important ticket back that doesn't have Webpack, isn't fully updated, and it's like, well, hey, you got to run Gulp because I've got this thing now. Gulp just doesn't want to run. <laughs> it's throwing node errors oh, everywhere. On, on your on your local machine. Yeah, because I had to roll back. So rolling back in in Node is just like the worst. No, it's an RMF, RMFR Node modules and reinstall. Nope. You're good to go. That was not it. Uh, so my cache was owned by root. Had to get that fixed. Uh, I had a misconfiguration in Node. That's GYP. what I. That's what I call my wife too. By the way. So the whole thing was a giant mess. I mean, I probably spent four hours just getting Gulp to run again, and and now it actually does. I, 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 I think oh, I think I'm you sorry. put your effort in the wrong direction there. I lied. Primordials isn't defined. Gulp won't run still. <laughs> oh, Thomas. <clears throat> so I hate no. I, I I was in JavaScript land this week too. That that's been fun. I've not done any. any- I've not done any module work, but any particular framework or just, just JavaScript in general, just JavaScript in general. Um, it was, I'm adding functionality to, uh, an existing site and trying to do it where instead of going into this JavaScript file, that's like 3000 lines long and just forcing code into it. Like I normally do. I'm like, what if I try creating a module and then importing that in which I've never done before. I was like, oh, wow, this is actually working. <laughs> so oh, man. My, my JavaScript was a little more successful than Thomas's, it sounds like. <laughs> I still hate JavaScript. That's my world, though. 
How's Electron going for you? Who's that question to? You're the one you're like super hyped about. Or is it is Electron the one the JavaScript writer for for Laravel? No, he, he, he oh, like Livewire. Live I'm sorry, Livewire. Livewire. Yeah, yeah. The the non JavaScript JavaScript. Yeah. yeah. Still, still, still pick. I, I tell you, after after I got my head around Blade components, my my what I thought my requirements for Livewire got reduced significantly because I now I specifically only need Livewire where I need that JavaScript-ish sort of uh, behavior that that spa feel of clicking a button and something happening without the page refreshing and I just haven't gotten there yet I I, I just don't have that big of a need I'm with what I've learned with blade components i'm definitely feeling more comfortable with livewire because for me livewire was kind of an introduction to blade components and this livewire piece and i was i was taking in a lot of uh i was taking a lot of information there but um now that i really have my head around the component the blade component piece uh i need to revisit livewire i you know i actually need to do some updating to SDPHP's website. So maybe I'll maybe I'll look at Livewire component there just to just to have some experience under my belt. But yeah, man, Livewire. That's my that's 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 my lifeline for the next uh, year. I feel like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do as little little JavaScript as possible, which is difficult because we're very very close to opening up. Um, an application that we've been working on internally for like, you know, a select uh, invite beta only sort of thing. And of course that's all like view, view stuff that we developed it under. But um, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, I got no, I got no worries, man. I, I'm happy with live way. I'm going to give it, a, I need to get it somewhere done in production so I can get you jerks off my back about it. But I'll get it. Hey, back. don't don't call me a jerk. I haven't said anything bad about I'll it. You, I call you jerk all the time, jerk. Well, I I am a jerk, but not about this. <laughs> I yeah. Hey, have, have, have we talked about the RFC for match expressions version two? No, we haven't yet. I know I've had it on my my list. I'm I'm excited about this. I don't know if it's passed or not. Do it has passed. Know? It will be an eight. Oh yeah, look at that! It, it passed overwhelmingly, forty-three to two. Yeah, wow. where do you see that at? At the very bottom of that page. Oh, the bottom. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, I. At first, I, I didn't quite understand it, but the more I look at it, the more I'm excited about it because I'm guilty of using switches not as much lately as I used to be, but I still have plenty of them around, and I hate that structure because what they what they show here. When you have a switch case statement, oftentimes you are doing just one thing within the switch. So you're almost using it like an if else, if else, if else, if else. Mm-hmm. And within a switch, you have your break statement. Um, and just the whole structure just looks funky to me. Where with the new match expression syntax, you're, it's very similar to a switch, but you don't have to specifically return you don't have to break it matches just one thing within that block of code and as soon as it hits a match it bails out but just like you have with multiple case matches within a switch 
you can also have multiple matches that, you know, you, you match one of these five items and then you run something and whatever it returns gets returned as the expression. That's interesting because that, that does look a ton cleaner. And mm-hmm. I was at one point a heavy user of the Switch. Um, I, I don't seem to go to it as frequently anymore. But, and I, I haven't read this. So I'm kind of, I'm, as you can see, kind of cruising through it right now. But there is a kind of a, a use case for the Switch where, so the brake's not required. If you don't have the brake, it falls through. So you can have it do something in a situation and then fall through and continue to go to the next case statement. That, that is, breaks up. But you're right. You can, but that's also horrible. Yes. I mean, I, if, I, if I you, that, that's a bad practice because right. Because people, you don't know if that was intentional or was it a mistake? Mm-hmm. Did they just forget to put the brake in there? And how often have you forgotten to put a brake on there and did something you didn't mean to? Right, I, I've been guilty of that. Yeah, I've totally been guilty yeah. of doing that. Now, in their example here, they have a break on the default, which is stupid because that's not necessary. But beyond that, uh, this won't let you do that, which is probably a good thing. At right. least you, that's you, that's how I'm I'm looking at it now. No, so. there's a default value. No, you you I'm, can't fall through. You can't match multiple elements. You, oh, you, right. ma- you actually can't match, match multiple. No, you can't match one. Do something. And match and then a second one, yeah, and, and do something else. Yes, you can match multiple things in one expression and do one thing for multiple options, but that's different. Yeah, so this is very clean. It just it basically re- replaces switch with match, removes the case and break, and it's just boom, boom, it, boom, boom, boom. And it's returning something, so you don't have to say like in the the oh, switch right. that you're looking at. Yeah, here you're assigning the statement on each one of these where in the match it's statement equals something and then whatever is the result of that match expression is what gets returned. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's just way it's very interesting. It's nice and clean. I'm sure someone's gonna find a use case that's gonna make it ugly and horrible. <laughs> Throw an if well, statement inside there or something. <laughs> yeah, well start using ternaries. <laughs> No, but of this course. looks this looks good. Match expression version two, nice, good. Yeah. All right, I can finally take that one off the board. It's been on there forever. <laughs> Throw it in the show notes for anybody listening to the podcast. I am. I I throw stupid things into the show notes that make absolutely no sense. That I doubt you ever put in there. More of a reminder for me to tell stories. I, uh, I always put them in there. I've been cleaning out the garage lately and threw a, just a ton of stuff up on craigslist mm-hmm. and i never just share my phone number because that's just stupid right yes but mm, yeah but i was but it, but i was out in the garage and i did a bunch of stuff and then i realized i'm checking my email constantly had anybody responding so then i put a couple more things on i'm like let me just sh- show my phone number that way people can text me and i'll you know shortcut that yeah bad idea Somebody's somebody's interested in something. I'm like, yeah, it's still available. I'm gonna send you a code from Google Verify just to make sure you're you're a real human. I I said there's other ways to do that, like ask me more about the product, but whatever, sure. It was a Google Voice verification. He was trying to steal my phone number from me. Impressive. <laughs> what? 
if I had given him the, the code, he could have then ported the number to his phone and then you, who knows what by the time I figured it out. Stop it. How'd you figure it out? Well, as soon as, well, he said he was going to send me a six digit number and he wasn't making sense. and wasn't speaking clear English anyway. And then when I saw it was a Google, it said Google voice verification. Do not share this with anybody. And like, <laughs> so I, so I, res- I responded to him. I'm like, people really fall for this. You're an evil person. No, I've been scammed before. I just want to make sure you're a real person. I'm like, leave me alone. No, I've been burned before. I just want to make, I said, stop. <laughs> I just ended it. Like, leave me alone. I, I had an interesting one on like Wednesday. Um, the, uh, I, I sit idly in the Lair chat slack. Like, mm-hmm. I do not participate or whatever, but some guy out of nowhere just sent me a message. Hi. I'm like, Hey, he's like, I'm looking for people for my team. Like, okay, tell me about it. And he goes into this spiel about this website called Upwork. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's like, have you ever heard of this thing? It's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, I know of it. He's like, so listen, you work for me. I can get all of these contracts on Upwork and you do the management and then you get 20 or 30% on it. And I'm like, I don't understand how you think this is a, an enticing offer. He's like, like, well, they, I can't take the jobs because I'm not a U.S. citizen. So you have to be a U.S. citizen and you manage the front of the thing. You take all the contracts and then just send me the work and I do the work and then send it back out. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested. He's like, Oh, come on. Like he starts really pushing on it. And I'm like, really, I'm not interested at all. This sounds like a horrendously terrible idea that you thought up while drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's brilliant and you just don't see the vision. I absolutely don't see the vision. That's for sure. You get 20% to deal with the client that that's not (sighs) worth it. Yeah, that isn't even remotely worth it. Can't even. Give me me that username, Thomas. I can probably have that person banned. I have I have pool over at Larry Chat Slack. Roman. Just Slack it to me. I'll uh, I'll follow up on it and see. Just Roman. Roman. Just just Roman. (laughs) I don't. I don't care. (laughs) It didn't. It was amusing. Yeah, my um, my like avenues of communication have gotten out of hand and i'm kind of i kind of did to myself because i'm so horrible with email and i don't look at email but i'm a part of so many slack channels discord uh i mean so many different things out there telegram i got people on telegram i never i i i I never know how somebody's going to try to get in touch with me and I've been you're not you haven't moved back to Signal yet, and I've been wondering where you're at. I'm on Signal. I know, but you never there. you never seem to be there. That that's now my my avenue of communication with my wife. Signal is you you've you've yeah. fully switched over. How do you yeah. like it? I I like it. I mean, it's it's just another chat application. Yeah, it moves it moves me further away from Google. Fuck them. Yeah, that's what that's what I've been thinking about. Plus, after our conversation. Uh, last month about security and it's mm-hmm. like having that end-to-end encryption is is a nicety i mean I, I think you get the same thing with telegram but signal was just more approachable i got my wife on to it very easily she, she really only used hangouts to talk to me and mm-hmm. she was she was happy that the notification sound was different for signal <laughs> like she heard it more clearly than she did with the hangouts notification so that yeah. that alone was enough to get her to switch. 
You know you yeah. can change those sounds. No, not an iPhone. iPhone's a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think you can change it per per user. I think you can only change it for, like, Hangout. So if she has multiple people who get her through Hangout, it'll be the same no. sound for everybody. No, she doesn't. She, Hangouts was just oh. with me, but you really, I don't even think you can change it. I looked into it for her, and it, it wasn't straightforward at all. Mm. That's because it's user-friendly. <laughs> You push it further and further away from Google, huh? Um, well, yes and no to a point. I mean, they still yeah. piss me off. I bought into uh-huh. YouTube TV when it was $35 a month. I just got an email this week that they're bumping it up to, what was it, 70 Close yeah. to $70 God. a month. <laughs> but it's like, it's like, yeah, we, we're giving you more channels. I'm like, I don't care about these channels. You're giving me shit I don't care about. I bought into you when you were cheap, and I've dealt with these price increases. And you, you just keep doing it. What, where does it stop? <laughs> where, and, and the thing about it is, and the argument could be made because it, it was supposed to be one of these solutions for you know, cable cutting, right? But right. the issue is with the way people the way people get charged for internet access now in their tiers, you actually end up having to pay for something like YouTube TV or Hulu twice because if you have limits on your bandwidth, then you know the more you use. Hulu, YouTube TV, Netflix, whatever it is, the more you use that, the more mm-hmm. bandwidth you're taking up, and you're having to pay for that bandwidth. It's crazy. Okay, but have you guys watched Hamilton yet? No. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I keep wanting to, and we just we haven't found the time. I can't watch it without her and vice versa, so we just haven't had the time yet. Yeah. It's, I, I, it's I, so I, good. I don't know if I told you, Thomas, but I actually, well, not me, my wife and I purchased season tickets to the San Diego uh, Opera House. Was it the Opera House? Yes. Yeah, San, San Diego Opera House. Huh? Opera House? San Diego uh, I don't know. San Diego Symphony. Uh, not Symphony. symphony. That, it was a, it was, no, no, it wasn't Symphony. That's just... Horton, the, Horton Plaza. Stop talking. I, I, I per, we purchased them a season ticket to all the shows at the San Diego you know, Theater. Opera House, whatever it is. Civic Theater. And, the Civic Theater. Civic Theater, yeah. And we purchased the whole season just so that they could go see Hamilton because Hamilton was coming that year. And uh, it, it turned out to be one of the best like gifts we'd given them because they went and saw like every show. And they, they actually liked the theater and they enjoyed live was, performance and stuff. It was Broadway uh, SD, right? Yeah. So uh, so that set. My, my daughters have been into Hamilton for, for years and they, they, they have all the, the alternative soundtracks you know they have like soundtracks that weren't in the Hamilton but written by the same people and um so yeah I was happy to finally see it so you got the rotating stage and everything yeah yeah Yeah. that was um I I hadn't seen it I'd I'd heard the soundtrack maybe a hundred times but I hadn't seen it and that that stage is just unbelievably cool all right no spoilers I still haven't seen it I'm going to very soon worth worth the watch John it's worth the watch it really is yeah. yeah, yeah. I know we want to. I actually brought up. We went on a a date last night, and I was like, "Hey, you want to do dinner and a movie?" Like, I downloaded it to an iPad. I was going to bring it to the beach and watch it. Mm-hmm. It's just gross. She wasn't. It, it's not very conducive to gross. I don't get it. It's all lovey dovey and gross. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but she said no because it it would have been too awkward. It would have been hard to hear with the waves and all 
No, you're supposed to like split one pair of headphones. Ah, is that it? Yeah, and talk about graduating soon. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's fun. A lot of people are complaining about it because it's a little uh, more anti-slavery than real life was. But oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he well, I, good. He was Hamilton was not a slave owner personally, but like facilitated the purchase of slaves for some of his family members and like didn't have as much to say in reality as he does in the show about slavery Mm -hmm. being bad. I actually learned just tonight and I want to do more research. I haven't fully vetted this. I did very minimal. I did go outside of the article I was reading, but Lincoln didn't fight or uh, fight in the civil war to free slaves. He actually had, there was communication six months prior to him signing the emancipation proclamation where he, he said, if I could, uh, if I could win this war and not free a slave, I would, if I could win this war and free every slave, I would, if I could win this war and free some slaves, but not all of them, I would. His whole thing was just keeping the union together. And I was shocked by that. I mean, his thing was keeping the unit together, but also at that point, it was the bloodiest war in history. He just wanted it to end. Yeah, exactly. I think he was just mm-hmm. at, at at some point he was just and, until recently the the most Americans dead in a year. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah, been I trumped. <laughs> not not getting into politics. No, it, it was just it was fascinating to me because my. It's you have assumptions or you think you know about history and certain things, and then you learn something might be a little different than you thought. It's just it, it was interesting to me. That's it. I'm not saying it's true it, or not. And I'm not saying it's not true. It's just there's a lot of shit that goes on, and when you when you go that far back in history, you're 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 going over it with a pretty broad stroke brush. It's you're you're getting kind of the you know this was you know conceptually this is what we were trying to do these are the people who supported it these are the people who didn't support it and this is the tragedy that occurred because of it we're not going mm-hmm. into every soldier's background detailed on how well do they really care about slaves do they it's like oh my I mean we we can overanalyze this stuff until the until the cows come home and I'm not trying yeah. to say that we don't need to hold people accountable for their true selves. I'm just saying that there's a lot of layers to a person's life and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a lot about intention and what were their intentions in life? Were they, they could have been bad people who you had been, you know, spent their life trying to do, trying to do something good or make something good. It's just, it's so difficult. And we're kind of, yeah, I don't want to go down that road. Yeah, yeah. I, I, just look I, at I don't just do, look at John Wayne Gacy. Clown. He was a clown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He was. All right, he could have been right. remembered for being a great clown. No, he he couldn't have because what he did was so much worse. And well, the fact well, yeah, that he's he trying to use it, that up. to back me in some sort of corner, Thomas. I don't particularly appreciate it, but I'm, pull us <laughs> out of this tailspin. I'm, I'm trying, I, Eric. I have a question for you. You know, you had a. You had a tweet yesterday, it looks like, where you showed a... Speaking of accountability. You showed a GitHub (laughs) bar, a a commit graph. And I was curious curious what you meant by that. What were you highlighting within that that graph? 
we took we took on a new client that doesn't use the 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 general public GitHub. They actually have their own GitHub instance. Right. So all the work I'm doing for that that client doesn't post to my public page. So if you look oh, at my graph, I have a big your, okay. blank. That's your graph, not the graph of the project. Yeah, yeah. I thought, no, you, that's I thought you said I thought you said we took on a new client and then the 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 code tanked. <laughs> like there's no commits to the project. I forgot GitHub is your personal <laughs> commit history. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I was trying. To, that's what I was trying to point out. So yeah, that's I have a the the whole month of June. I mean, I have a couple of commits on projects we have internally. Like I said, this project we're getting ready to release, but. But for the most part, my work has been for this new client who doesn't doesn't have the the general public GitHub. So I just thought it was funny when I look, and I and I actually don't look at this. I don't particularly care about it. But I just ha- it just happened to come up, and I looked at it. I'm like, huh, that's weird. Why is that empty like that? And I remembered, oh yeah, that's right. They don't have a they don't have GitHub, do they? Yeah. So so Michael Dorindo is asking about forking to your own account and. <clears throat> I thought he meant something completely different, but for that you you're not within GitHub, so you can't really fork it to your own account. You're within I a mean, sep- you're within a separate GitHub ecosystem. Yeah, now but technically Git- I GitHub could. shows activity on private repositories, but doesn't show the repository, right? Right. So, so you I have I a could've... fully fleshed out profile. See my I'm on Git Vault. Yeah. So I don't get any credit for any of the work that I do on my public GitHub whatsoever. Right. Well, no, you, you get it on your public GitHub. You don't get it in your private repos for Git Vault. Well, I don't do anything in my public GitHub. I've, I've got... Which is why you have to, which is why you have no activity out there. Yeah. 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 But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And somebody had mentioned, and I'd even talked to some people about it in the past, about writing a service that pulled in from Bitbucket, you know, GitHub Enterprise and GitHub and and put just all your it. stuff. <laughs> that's the other thing. And, and that's what it boiled down to. It's like, I don't think enough, I, I don't put enough behind those, those graphs to want to promote like the fact that there, it should be more complete, but some people know. do though. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Now, I, 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 I could tell I, from yours, you work too fucking much. Stop. Take time <laughs> off. You're like seven yeah, no days a week in there. Off. What the hell? No time to take off, buddy. Now, I yeah. was hoping you were going to talk about my other my other tweet that I sent out about the... Uh, I, I was going to bring that one up next. Just... Yeah. And I, I can't even get it in OBS. I'm sorry for people watching the stream, but I'm reading the latest version, or the latest version, the latest edition of PHP Architect Magazine, and I get to the final page, and like the whole right side of the page is oh. blank, except for this text that says, this space is not blank. And, but and you know, I seem confused. Like, He's like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Because he doesn't he doesn't edit the magazine. Well, it was so funny. It's like, I have OCD or something, because I like saw that, and I couldn't stop looking at it. Like, I'm trying to read Eli's article, I'm like, yeah, okay, the uh, falsicity assumes. What does this mean exactly? This space is not. Uh, you can always find it, but it must mean something, right? Because you wouldn't have put it there if it didn't mean. Maybe it's in the article. Why is it there? <laughs> like, 
Did, did you figure it out, John? Do you know why it's there? I'm assuming Oscar's going to tell us when we record with him. It's going to be, he I couldn't fill that page, so I just put that there thinking it would be funny. <laughs> yeah, it's I, like I was uh, gonna... the whole, this is not a pipe thing. And he, instead, of saying of... This pa- instead of saying, this, uh, this space is blank, or left blank in- intentionally, it was like, it's not blank. There's something here. Look, I put something here. <laughs> Oh man, and it still bugs me. I mean, it's still bugging me. I have like this like itch in the back of my brain. It's like, why is that there? Stop trolling me! Stop it! I mean, <sighs> I, I love that it's going to be so so easy when he's got dementia to just screw with him. <laughs> when I get dementia, Jeez, I feel like I got it today. What else do we have? I don't know, man. You guys use Bootstrap. Yes. I am a tailwind guy. Bootstrap is discontinuing jQuery support. Oh, really? So sweet. Weird. But that's, I mean, that's shocking because they have so much stuff built on that, don't they? I, you know, I think it's mostly selectors and then the plugin stuff. But the, the thing is, is when you use jQuery plugins, you're so pigeonholed into their format. For for binding into jQuery and it's a it's a horrible syntax. I hate using it. And there's plenty of other good stuff out there right now. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't I don't do uh, Bootstrap anymore. I, I, rem- say, I, I don't do it anymore. I, I, we do have projects that are still on Bootstrap. So they're they're just removing their dependency on jQuery. Like they're they're finding ways to where they can do their work without jQuery, so that right. They're probably just going vanilla JavaScript at that point, right? And they're... Yeah. It says, this shouldn't be a surprise as jQuery has been losing ground in time in times when frameworks such as React.js, Vue.js, and AngularJS are being used on an increasingly amount of developers across the world. So basically, they're saying everybody's using a, a JavaScript framework anyways. We don't need to kind of keep supporting jQuery. Right. And what I think the biggest problem is people that are using these other frameworks that don't want to use jQuery have to put jQuery on their page just to use Bootstrap. Now they won't yeah. need to. That's my assumption. I don't know. I don't assumption. do... I, I do as little front end as I possibly can. I'd love to, but I kind of somehow keep slipping into it. Although you, I did... You, about? you were a- all about the Vue.js a couple of weeks ago. That's not front end. That's still programming. CSS is front end. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I would. Well, I was just complaining about all this time wasted on JavaScript, and that none of that was front end. That was all Node and NPM, sure. VM. Hey, Thomas, what happened with the the uh, the the job search thing? Anything you can share? Want to share? Uh, heard back. They were on the fence about the code that I had given them and I asked specifically what, and they said, do you have a site where it's deployed? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll send it to you. It's in the readme, and I sent it earlier, but I'll send it to you. So sent that over to them. So I don't know if they didn't get it running or what that was. I'm still waiting anxiously. <laughs> uh, I saw that they, I think they messed around with it at some point today, but I, you know, the, the application process is, is always annoying and stressful. Yes. 
It's they, they probably were wondering why you're using gulp. <laughs> I wasn't for this. I was using Webpack and all that stuff. It's it, it's all the latest tech. It's it was well okay. I say it's all the latest. It was all the latest till Wednesday. It's running on Laravel seven eighteen B. By the way, not semantic versioning. What's it really eighteen B? Uh, last week it was seven eighteen B. Yes. What? Why? Why the B? Uh, I believe there was a because it was beta. Bug. Duh. No, no, <laughs> this was. Following A, there was a, a bug. Um, let me see if I can pull up the tags it. for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for it now. Oh, let's see what we got. I, I don't see. I must be looking at the wrong. Oh, tags, you said. Those are releases. Uh, I'm not seeing. But... Oh, I'm sorry. 717.1 and 717.2. Okay, well, that's semantic version. Point one, point two. Yeah, zero, one, and two, all three in the same week. Yeah, that's that's legit. So, so, so you were about to have us rail against their own semantic versioning for nothing. Damn it, Thomas! Oh my goodness, Thomas! It's now it's now eighteen instead of seventeen point three because it's next week. So you're not supposed to account for time in your semantic versioning, right? Just feature set. Whatever. So this is theory. John's busy talking about how much he loves DOS in, in Discord, so he doesn't. He's not following. <laughs> <laughs> this whole show seems a little flat. I think we should just scrap this. But in 198 shows, we have not lost a show yet. <laughs> yes, we I'm have. Just pointing that. I mean, we've had some crappy shows. No, no, we lost a show once. I don't remember. Oh. We lost a show. Oh yeah. Recordings all failed. I, I was missing I think I was missing John or you. Oh, we didn't we didn't release or because typically yeah. worst worst in case scenario we pull from YouTube. That was before the YouTube stuff. This was like in the Oh I don't re- I don't remember that at all. Oh wow. yeah. It's crazy. You got you wanna talk about developer surveys for a minute? I'm gonna talk development, PHP and that sort of stuff. So yeah, let's talk survey, baby. So Am I you know, it again? a couple of weeks ago, the Stack Overflow survey came out, and then the JetBrains developer survey came out. Oh. And I am thoroughly convinced that none of these matter. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to share with uh, with uh, the live viewers. I, I'm on. I'm on. I think this is Stack. Yeah, this is Stack Overflow. What do we got here? I, I don't think I looked at Stack Overflows. I looked at JetBrains results. Um, is there anything here that would interest me? I'm not seeing anything. Developer profile, geographic, developer role. It's a, hor- a horrible layout. Yeah, I'm not apparently. Oh, wow. So apparently all of our developers in the U.S. are just like right in the middle of the country. They're not, uh, <laughs> that's weird. That's, I think that's you, Thomas. You're you in the, you're in the epicenter. <laughs> I'm just saying you're in the epicenter of a uh, development world. Uh, so the the first thing that stands out about this stuff is that like 50% of the respondents are in India. And so when you jump down to the salary portion, the information they provide is irrelevant to anything you're looking for. Is whether or not you're in America or in India, the averaging out of the salaries is irrelevant to where you are. Uh, there was a, a Reddit weird. thread. They're, their little graphs don't fire until you, until you get fully down there. Yeah, there was a Reddit thread that asked people just outright, how much do you make? And Reddit being international was a 
wild response because you had a guy in New York who was making 250 writing what? PHP. What? And, then you, and then you had a guy in New Delhi who was making $50 a week writing PHP. And like the disparity between the two was so striking. Mm. Uh, you know, people living in, in Sweden versus Russia. I mean, where you live has such a huge impact on how much money you make. And then they've got uh, Stack Overflow, I, I think, has this the uh, technology. Mm-hmm. So they've got most popular technology. JavaScript is first with 67%, and then HTML and CSS is second with 63%. Okay, how are they, they're asking people sexual orientation? Yeah. Because that matters when it comes to coding. Does it? No. <laughs> to some, some companies it does. It's interesting that they have that they have straight uh, straight heterosexual. I mean, what, uh, what am I missing there? Why is why is that two, two things? Is there a straight that's not heterosexual? It's so weird. Who would even dis- disability status? Okay, whatever. I, I, well, so I'm losing interest in this one. Most popular technology. Yeah. Okay, I was down on technology. Yeah. JavaScript technology. is the most popular. Sixty-seven percent. HTML and CSS is second most popular with 63%. SQL is third with 54%. But then like you get to PHP, which is 26%. But if you write mm-hmm. PHP, you know HTML, SQL, and JavaScript. Well, that, that, that holds true for all. I, I always say JavaScript, HTML, and SQL shouldn't be counted in these because anybody right. who develops just about any language uses those. Any, any web-based language. No, not even web-based language. If you're doing if you're doing Java, you're using Node tools to to check your JavaScripts. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. Node. I use Node for raw PHP now. I have to say, I'm pretty surprised by wait, Bash. Wait, right. Well, what? What do you mean you use Node for raw PHP? I've got npm stuff that I have to run. I have to be aware of how to use Webpack. I have to be aware of how to use. But that's for your JavaScript NPM. stuff, not PHP. But if I'm writing yeah. pure PHP and I'm if I'm the operator of the site, even if I don't write the JavaScript, I still have to deal with the compiling of the assets. Not necessarily. You can tell the developer to compile the asset before they commit it. I mean, it, I'm just saying you, you have you have options. Yeah, if, sure. If you really want to be a but, thing, like I said, so. But then you get into like <laughs> assembly is still in here. How is assembly on there? And six point two percent of people are using assembly. So immediately, That's, none of this makes any sense. I completely write it off. Like, Perl's got to be at least fifty-five percent. More uh, people are writing in assembly than are writing in Swift, which is the Apple native language. Okay, so here's JetBrains. Let's see how it tracks uh, tracks with the uh, stack. So with JavaScript, people Python, Java, uh, Java, and Python, Java, shell script. Yeah, this this all tracks. There's assembly on here. Yep, assembly four percent. We've confirmed it by mul- from multiple sources. Everybody should start learning assembly again. Um, well, yeah, again, four four percent of people use assembly. Four percent of people use Groovy, which I don't know what that is. Oh, Groovy was uh, that was the big uh, oh, what was what was the purpose of Groovy? That was the going to be the the replacement for JavaScript. I mean, I'm sorry, Java. Groovy was like you're 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 supposed to be able to write other languages in Groovy. Who was behind that? I remember Groovy too. I I want to say it was like a it was big in like the Novell circles. Novell, if you remember Novell, uh, I was hanging out with Novell people back then. I think that's where. Or no, maybe it was IBM. I forget. Yeah, Groovy was supposed to be the big Java replacement. Never 
really became anything. So here's weirdness number two. JetBrains, what operating system are you developing on? Interesting. I'm, I'm scrolling through to see if I can find it. Uh, what operating system are people developing on? Six, 60% Windows. 60% Windows. Really? 50% no, Linux. Obviously not really. Uh, yeah, I mean, e- even these numbers don't really like <laughs> add up, right? 60, 50, I mean, that's... that's well, like I, I have a Windows machine and a Linux machine, but I don't develop on the Windows machine. I just It's part of my development environment. But 60% Windows? That's not true. I know that's not true. Linux outpaces you know? Mac OS? I know that's not true. That's surprising. I tell I, you, though, again, John referenced talking to Eric Mann about Signal. He, Eric Mann was also talking to us about that uh, System76 and how happy he is with Linux. Uh, Gishu in our Discord uh, tweeted at me how happy, I think it was Gishu, was it you that tweeted at me how happy you were with your System76? Somebody tweeted at me about how happy they were with Linux and System76's Pop! OS. Well, we've been talking about that. That's it's great and all, but System seventy six, not one of the top ten computer manufacturers in the world. That's true. I mean, and and here's the issue here is you see so many of these overlaps. You know, sixty percent of people write HTML, seventy percent of people write JavaScript. This kind of this kind of survey is only useful if you say, pick the one that you would say you write in. Ah, like if you're on a desert island and you had to right if if someone says use... what do you program in you would say x mm-hmm. then i could believe something that they're saying but this i i've written in javascript html css sql python java i've done shell scripting i've dabbled in c++ php c c sharp and go i played with kotlin earlier I have used swift 5 years ago i have to use ruby for some stupid stuff like I could check ten of these boxes, and they mm-hmm. let me. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not a it's not a valid survey. And then, yeah, I, I like this this graph right here that we're looking at. What type What types of software do you develop? And they kind of break it down by like not industry, but they they have categories. They break this down. This seems a little bit more like reasonable to consume here. Yes. Where it says eighty-one percent of people who write websites do it in PHP. Yeah, or, you, or that they use PHP. Yeah, but if you're going to do database or data storage, you're going to do it in PHP. What? You're going to do well forty-two percent. Uh, no, SQ. Oh, Jesus. See, that's my is, that's my point. Yeah, this is people not knowing what these questions are and just checking multiple. So if you're doing blockchain. 3% of you are using PHP, where 13% of you are using C++. So, yeah, no, this seems legit. I'm, I'm good with this. No, no, 4% are using C++. Oh, yep. Okay. Augmented reality is done in C Sharp. I mean, it's just, there's only so much data you can collect before what you've created is a word cloud that has no relevance to what the question was. Yeah, I agree. And Why'd you like, bring it up, man? Why'd you bring it up? That's the question. Because I'm That's done with question. these surveys. We, we've we covered them every year for four years now. And I'm so done with them. Uh, All right, me, me too. I want to hear about Sith and PGP. I'll move us along. I'm done with them. I, I, <laughs> That's I agree. My, That's mine. I know. I want to hear about it. I, I don't know much about it. I was going to ask ask if you guys, if you heard about it. So this, this came up. This came up because um, Keybase, uh, Zoom, actually purchased Keybase. And Keybase was, 
you know, there's supposed to be this whole making PGP and and identity identification verification more easier to to do and you know something that you could you could depend depend on. So if, I never used it though. I I, I, did, I did the whole. I used it to when it first came out, but never did anything with it. Right. So I'm wondering what people actually use Keybase for outside of. I know they had their own little chat application, but that seemed pointless as well. And it, well, and the the thing that they had that was interesting that again I didn't really use is the ability to share files. So you could create little folders on your on your computer where you can share. You know, you and I could have. Um, a, a directory, John and Thomas and I could have a directory, and then we could have another directory for PHP Ugly, which I mean we kind of do anyways through. Uh, we Dropbox, had tried but, doing. We had tried doing that though, and it didn't work out. What the Dropbox? No, the Keybase thing. I just well, and Keybase stopped running on my system. I, I still to this <laughs> day don't know why it won't. I run. was going to say the the one thing that Keybase does on my system is it's the first application to crash when I reboot. <laughs> really, I don't think I've ever had any issues with it. It, it just never sits, runs. Just sits there and always runs for me, and it's I never do anything with it. There's there's cool this, stuff you can do with Keybase. So you can have you can manage different uh, SSH keys through it, and like it, it acts as a pretty good store for secure stuff if you're not using uh, your browser plugin as a store. Like I use LastPass as a store for stuff. Mm-hmm. Granted, LastPass is probably going to get hacked before Keybase. <laughs> so, uh, to John's point, this Cyph, uh, this Cyph product is supposed to—they're they're kind of like the first to market to kind of be a replacement for Keybase. Um, I haven't used them. I don't really know what their thing is, but it—the the thing about the, so the whole thing behind Keybase—it was community driven and. There's always a, a a certain. It was open source. It was community driven. There's a, you know a good feeling behind it. This, I don't think is community get driven. I mean, it has a GitHub link here, so maybe there is, maybe it is open source. Yeah, I mean there there are open source repos here for it. I don't know anything about this. It, it does have a pricing structure behind it. Um, there's a free tier, and then there's there's other tiers where you get. It looks like you get groups and secure notes and sort of things. Um, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm I'm not super. But Eric, you need another chat application. I'm not super interested okay. in getting another yet another chat app on my system for eight here, for so. eighteen dollars a month. I think you need it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I'm kind of I'm kind of chatted out. Everybody, everybody who wants to get in touch with me, they know how to get in touch with me. I try to be responsive too. That's that's the other thing. It's like when somebody hits me in Discord or or Twitter or something, or even like one of the Slack channels. I, I usually try to at least respond and let them know. Oh yeah, I got your message. Oh, that's something nice I don't, of you. Oh, I the don't. free the free tier has a wait list. Oh, and a does two it? De- and a two device limit <laughs> with limited invites. Well. That wasn't much of a story. I'm sorry for derailing. You can go back to your Stack Overflow survey now. No, it's fine. No, we moved on. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. then tell me about PHP Insights. You're killing you got, me, you got, Smalls. I don't you, even you, remember what that. What was that? You've, you've got all this. Cool, you've got all these cool stories. I want to know more about, and then you. I, I just throw. 
I throw them on my board and say, I have to read this before the show, and then I forget what it is. Oh, this is just... Have you guys a, read... Have you guys read about AWS's new serverless LAMP stack? No. No. So they are officially... We've, we've talked about this in the past, that there's unofficial ways of getting stuff to run. They've officially announced their serverless LAMP stack. Really? So I, I did have... And I'll throw it in the show notes. Uh, I'll do it right now, as a matter of fact. I did have a card on Trello. Let me share with people watching. Oh, I think that's that's just what you put in there, Thomas. It's the same thing. Is it the same thing? I just saw the image pop up. Introducing the oh, it's the same image at least. Oh, so you're so looking I, to the examples. I'm I'm looking at the uh, blog entry that they gave here. So wait a second. I didn't realize the service lamp stack community resource. I didn't realize this was actually an AWS thing. I thought it this is. was just I just thought this was a collection of tutorials and stuff on how to get PHP running on AWS Lambda. You're saying this is something more official? Where where's your link? Yeah, at? Let me I, get your link. It, it's the one it's the same one I just posted in Trello. We both freaking everybody's posting this now. Okay. I can post everybody's it. Everybody's seen the magic. Introducing the new serverless lamp stack. Oh, interesting! I didn't realize this was a this was a blessed AWS effort. Mm. So this is interesting because again, this what was the uh, what is the Laravel product that uh, does this for you? Uh, Help us out, chat. What's the Laravel product? It's not Forge, not Envoyer. I like how uh, they switched they switched Apache to vapor. API Gateway. What's that, John? I like how they they switched Apache to API Gateway, Linux mm. to Lambda. Well, they have to do that because well, they're, of course, they're getting, but they're getting hit with some uh, super bad news lawsuits. Ooh. What do you mean? What's going on? Uh, the open source creators, uh, specifically, I think MongoDB really is going after Amazon for taking the source code, modifying it, and reselling it without distributing the source code changes that they've made and commercially profiting off of the redistribution of the open source code. Uh, AWS is claiming we run the open source code for you. and Right. They don't distribute it. They're not giving it away. <laughs> right. And what, uh, what a lot of these open source projects are saying is when you spin up an instance for somebody and install our software on it for them, you're distributing it. You're distributing it. So well, you're, you're selling our software and making massive profits off of it. Well, I don't think that was the, to, to the point John was making. This LAMP stack, I don't think the reason they did that was to circumvent what you're saying, Thomas. Oh, no. This is, yeah, Lambda is, is their serverless architecture. So, yeah, yeah but the, the reason that they're sort of, creating more ambiguous names for things is to abstract away that it's at its core, they're distributing open source software. So this is very exciting. This is very exciting. I mean, because if you think about this, this is it. This is, this is PHP getting over that hump of serverless. There's, there's been some, I mean, there was the, uh, there was, uh, what was the framework? Uh, not, not through, uh, Jesus. 
What was the framework that was based on the PHP serverless? I forget. And then Vapor came out. Come on, Discord, where you at? What's the PHP framework for our serverless? Do our work for us. I know what you're talking about. What, the lightweight Laravel one? Breath. Breath. Lumen? Breath. 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 Yeah. Breath. Yeah. So there was there was breath, which was you know kind of starting to do those workarounds. Then Taylor Otwell came out with Vapor. So if you're in the Laravel ecosystem, he kind of handled all that for you. But this is really kind of getting over all those dependencies and saying you know AWS kind of coming to the community and saying, hey, you really want to run PHP on a serverless architecture? Here, we'll we'll help you with that. <laughs> Go for it, stupid. <laughs> We're going to charge you twice as much, but we'll make it work for you. That's the problem, right? That API gateway, I, I that was my problem with Vapor. Is I used it, I think I used the API gateway, and that thing was just the cost that was out of the world, out of this world. That, and of course, they want you to use when they say MySQL, they want you to use their RDS service, which is great because it's a fully managed database server, but it's also about four times as much as spinning up a small instance and running your own database or your own version of MySQL. So, yeah, this is good, man. I, I see this as a, I see this as a win. I'm like the hawk, you know. I see this as a win. <laughs> yeah. So they're they're pushing uh, their Amazon Aurora service, which yeah, that's a, a brilliant name. Uh, instantly clarifies what it is you're dealing with. It doesn't confuse confuse you with Microsoft's uh, cloud service at right, all. Right. Not at all. Oh man, I, I I'm just I don't like. I did ops. I did I not tell the story about my my ops nightmare last Friday? Oh, I, I must not have because it happened on nope. Friday. What happened? Um, so I pushed out a new feature that depended on a pivot table that used two or three other tables and had data in the pivot and it worked great on my development system and we pushed it out to production and our CPUs spiked up to 85% on every production server. 85%? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it turns out I, you know, my testing with like 20 records didn't compare to what I didn't know was a 9 million record table. (laughs) 9 million records? Yeah. Um, so the operations guy, my boss is on a day off operations guy contacts him. He contacts me. So now I'm dealing with the operations guy. And fortunately I've done enough MySQL optimization to keep up and look at the graphs and see, try to figure out what's going wrong. But it was a 71 second delay to view that new page. uh, (laughs) Was that, was that a problem? Slight, (laughs) slight problem. Um, I managed to rekey the index after spending my weekend um, mocking 9 million records locally so that I could verify my tests. And we got it back down to a uh, 430-ish millisecond response time with a new index. Wow. But I have pictures of the server loads uh, where it's like response times per page. And you can't tell what the response times are for all the other pages because the graph is all the way expanded out for one of just the one page and everything else is one pixel wide. So yeah. Uh, when you're developing a new thing, make sure to 
mock an accurate yeah. number of records for your thing. Well, I, I have a similar story. Last week, I had code released where I'm like, I optimize this query. We, there's a advanced search feature that the, the queries can be horrendously built and not necessarily easy on the, on the database. And then I figured out, oh, if I do, um, forget what it, the MySQL command is, but you can count all the rows. Basically, I was doing a count all the rows and then go back and get the subset of rows I needed. Sure. And I'm like, well, if you put in the SQL count rows or whatever it is prior, then your second query is just, hey, tell me how many rows there were. And it's so you're now doing that expensive query one time instead of twice. Worked perfectly in dev, uh, put it up, gave it to somebody. They tested in staging, worked fine, put it in production. Nope, not going to work. So where it would say in their contact manager would say, you're looking at one through 10 out of 2000 contacts. It was like one to five of five. That's not accurate. They immediately revert the PR. Oh, you're paginating it. Yeah. So that's why I, that's why I was doing the call twice. Using MySQL pagination and then doing a full count later on. So it was two, two queries at the same time. It turns out because they have proxy SQL in production, but I don't have it in development, I didn't see the issue. One query was going off to a replica database, coming back and then asking the primary database, hey, how many rows were there? And the primary was just always saying, oh, there are five. (laughs) (laughs) The replication was that far out of sync or what? No. it's So uh, proxy SQL sits between PHP and, and MySQL. We force advanced search queries to go to a replica server so we don't impact the primary database. So you would go there and that MySQL instance would do the count and should have it. So when you come back and say, hey, what was that count? It can tell you. Because the first response was your records. If I wanted one to 10, it gave me 10 records. You make a a second call and say, hey, by the way, what was that? How many rows total in that data set? The problem was, that second query was going to proxy SQL and because there wasn't a specific server for it to go to, it was going to the, the primary server. And the query that happened just before the advanced search was only five records. <laughs> Turns out to, to solve that, all I needed to do was wrap it in a transaction, you know, start a transaction, do my call proxy SQL can handle that just fine. But I didn't know that and spent way too much time trying to figure out why did this break in production and I can't get it to break here in development. I, that's a, another argument for dockerizing your everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I really want to do that. But then you also have to make sure that all of your rules, because within Proxy SQL, they have rules very clearly stated. If you get this type of query, you're going to go to this set of servers. So now you got to somehow maintain that in some sort of, I don't know, code base or some sort of setup so that your local environment reacts the same way. I've been looking recently into encrypting .env files. Um, It's something that uh, Travis CI does that I looked into last week. Really? Yeah. So you can actually host your .env files as long as your deployment script has the secret key. You're good. Uh, so when it ends up on the server, though, it's still unencrypted, right? Right, but your your GitHub 
can have your secret keys and stuff in it. You don't. It have just to stops you. You don't have to go to S three or some other storage mechanism. Mechanism some, to pull them down. Some hacky storage system. There's. I haven't seen a good example of how to separate your private data away from your code base so that it's secure but easily deployable until this. So we we currently do S three. So during deployment you copy files down from S3, including your ENB files. So to can, you, them, can you, you tell me with 100% certainty that your S3 bucket is not public? Well, I can tell you it's not public. I can't tell you it's not secure. I, it's, right? I, I, will, I would never host something secure on S3 just because I've seen how many vulnerabilities there are in that. So we also use we also use Envoyer. Uh, that's the... Uh, the Tail uh, Otwell's Laravel deployment, zero downtime deployment. But yeah. See, that doesn't host .env, but what it does do is it allows you to edit .env through the Envoyer interface, but you need to have a de- decryption key to do that, which I always thought was kind of interesting, but I'm never, I was never sure. I guess the purpose behind that is that you can give other administrators access to the deployment but not give them access to the .env by just not sharing the shared shared secret with them. Yeah, and that could be really useful. Yeah, but my problem with it, and this is why, why I asked, my problem with it is, you know, if you have an ops person who has access to the server, they still have access to the .env file. So, well, your, your ops person has the closest thing to physical access to your servers anyways. There's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. That that was a point I made to an employer back in 2001, 2002. Didn't trust me whatsoever. Um, I didn't know that at the time. They they brought me in and were asking me questions. And I was like, no, seriously, I have access to this stuff. Like, if I wanted to redirect credit card payments, I could. <laughs> like, there was no... <laughs> so I was being honest with... I was being honest with them. But at the same time, that made them even more scared. I'm like... Yeah, lesson learned. It, if if I was hiding something, I wouldn't be honest with you about it. <laughs> like, or would you? I don't. I don't know. I need to take the books away from you. I, I always use the disambiguation <laughs> of somebody. So, like, if they say, "Could you go in and do this?" I would say, "There's no way somebody could go in and do that." Could he, I? Uh, yes, I could. But he, there's he no way that he, he somebody. Likes, he likes the Symphony secret component, which oh, it replaces .env with encrypted secrets that you commit to the repo, but you can only access those secrets with a key. That's very interesting. Uh, before it scrolls off the, the screen here, um, Buttery Crumpet uh, also said that as somebody who deals with serverless uh, on a daily basis, just don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've learned not to hey. question the crumpet. Hey. It's just a good buzzword. You don't really want to actually do it. It's a great buzzword. You, it's not a mature ecosystem. Ishu, I'm very interested about this uh, Symphony it, Secrets. I'm going to look into this because it, I, I'm getting more and more paranoid about it, especially now that we have a product we might be releasing that's going to have like Stripe credentials in there. And I really want to make sure that uh, they don't get impacted. Um, so I will be checking. Thanks for the link. I'm going to check that out. Appreciate that. All right, gentlemen. It, um, well, real quick, if you want to spend a lot of extra money on hosting a website, go serverless. I'll just leave it there. I, instead if of, your goal, instead your of goal $5 spending, a month, you can spend a hundred easy. If your goal is spending a lot of extra money, sign up to our Patreon. <laughs> Patreon. Daddy needs a Batman chair. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Thomas sent me a link to a, a, a Batman chair in our company Slack. And uh, I, I forgot we had a couple of Patreons in our company Slack. And I made the joke of, hey, what's in our Patreon account? And <laughs> one of the people who subscribes to our Patreon replied, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was, he was actually very nice. But check this chair out, man. That is awesome. Look. If you're if you're if, if you're only listening to the audio podcast, this is why you need to subscribe to our YouTube channel because you can be looking at this very cool Batman chair. And if I, you're watching us on YouTube, just hit subscribe. It doesn't cost. You literally you have we, we're more on shows. Listen, if you're watching my little scrolling thing here, you'll know that here it is right there. YouTube. We have 139 subscribers. We have a. This is episode 197, 198. We we recorded more shows that we have subscribers. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> well, to be fair, we didn't really start YouTube until we were like 180 shows in. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how late <laughs> we started YouTubing. Yeah, I, I have a feel. I'm, I'm just going to make myself a cardboard uh, YouTube button and hang it on my <laughs> hang on my uh, wall so I can feel like I'm a real YouTuber. Because well, uh, you got you, that's what you get when you get to 100. You get the card cardboard one. Yeah, Car- yeah the, cardboard the cardboard play board. button. <laughs> uh, I, wait, I was thinking we were thinking our Patreons. Let me go back to the Patreons. Yes, so uh, thank you, Patreons. We appreciate we do appreciate your support. I mean, it's yes, just nice, thank you. nice that you guys are out there. Are you guys, you people, you individuals are out there? We we do appreciate it. Okay, I think that's it, gentlemen. That is going to be episode a one hundred and ninety eight. PHP ugly. We are we're gonna if you want to stick around for the after show, we're gonna have a little discussion about the next couple of shows coming up. Uh there there's some factors. I'll stick that around then. That. Make sure you stick around. If you're listening to audio audio podcasts, I'm sorry, again, you need to subscribe to the YouTube channel to get these extra perks. So thanks everybody for listening for to episode 198. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep, keep it, it keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. If you would like to support PHP Ugly, check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash phpugly. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly or join us in the PHP Ugly Discord channel. Show notes and RSS feed can be found at phpugly.com. To catch the live stream, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash phpugly. You can also subscribe to the edited podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catcher of choice. A reading of five stars is always appreciated. And finally, thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you are looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at diegodev.com. Until next week, keep it ugly.